When you bring your child home for the first time, you want a baby monitor you can trust. When you choose Stork, you choose technology trusted to monitor 10 million babies in hospitals every year. Stork continuously tracks your baby's pulse rate, oxygen saturation, and temperature. Visit MassimoStork.com to learn more. Stork, a revolutionary baby monitor, is born. Stork is not a medical device. Read and understand all product labeling. Massimo data on file. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. And content warning, trigger warning, um, I'm about to mention. But I, I remember one night we were just crying on the floor weeks after Noble had passed. And you just got really angry. I don't know what we were talking about, like what part of the labor story and things we were talking about. You got really, really angry. And I remember seeing like the black waves coming off of you. And I just, I told you, I just wish you would hit me. <laughs> like I was like, I just wish you would hit me. And you were like, what are you talking about? And I was like, and I, I had to tell you that that's what I have been thinking since Noble died. Like I just wanted somebody, I'd already felt beaten up, but I just wanted to be, I just want somebody to beat me up. I just wanted to like, and I felt like you had like a right to, you know, because of what I did to our family. I was just like deep, deep in shame and guilt and grief. No, Randy. I know. One, two, three, four. One, two, three, four. All right, we got some. One, two, three, let me step into the moon. Am I the one you see when you get into the moon? I tell them pump them keys while I keep up with your shoes. We got a real nice thing in the pattern of the groove. I can feel it flowing through. I see the song so clear when you roll it down your back. It's a matter of fact. Hey, y'all. Hey, I'm Mikey. And I'm Randy. And this is the Black Millennial Marriage Podcast, where we give you an uncensored look into all we're learning, unlearning about grief. And learning, unlearning, and loving about marriage in real time. Welcome, all and new listeners. We're grateful to go on this journey <laughs> with you, and we're grateful that you tuned in. Yes, thanks for tuning back in. Thanks for checking out our episodes. We really appreciate anyone who takes the time to listen, um, especially this season, because just like all of them, this is really near and dear to us. So thank you for coming along on this audio journey <laughs> yeah so sticking with our theme of grief where we share the sadness breakthroughs triggers ways life goes on and more in this episode we're talking about rage yeah fun stuff <laughs> in our first segment we're going to discuss the anger part of grief uh what we learned when we explored our individual anger and rage and how that's affected our marriage. Yeah. And second is our break from grief, also known as our fight or flight, where today I'm bringing a fight that is questioning Mikey's parenting. What? Uh, parenting choices. What parenting choices? <laughs> What I do. And I you did it you did it the other day. I wasn't even gonna use this one, but you did it the other day and I said in my head, this is absolutely what I'm bringing to the <laughs> microphone. What did I do? I'm not, you'll find out when we get to that segment. Is it gonna am I gonna feel embarrassed? I don't know. Oh, okay. I don't think you will. All right, that's no, fine. 
Don't embarrass me in public. Okay, so finally, <laughs> we'll wrap it up with our PDA segment where we will share something we're proud of for each other or something that we're uh, grateful for. Yes, got to leave it on love. Got to. All right, well, <laughs> let's get into it. All right, y'all. Main topic. Whew. Title yeah. of this episode is Batshit Angry. Batshit Angry. Where do you get that from, baby? Um, well, I happened to be batshit angry. And I was like, there we go. Oh, you ain't gonna give it to him. Oh, from, from Crazy Super Love? Your favorite movie. The movie is good, but it's just long. It could have ended like five times, which we have talked about on this podcast before. <laughs> over and Crazy over Stupid again. Love. Yes. Mikey is a, I mean, y'all, he's a Pisces. He's I got like that my whole rom-coms, romantic yo. comedy yeah. thing that he. Uh, rom-coms were an escape from reality. Like, for one, they were just white people doing a whole bunch of shit that I just had never seen before. And it took, it was a great distraction from my black ass life. And Crazy Stupid Love is one of those. Steve Carell, it's a classic. This is not an ad, but go look at it. It might be on Netflix. I mean, or Hulu. So, Bad Shit Angry. Yeah. Is the title of this episode. Yeah. So, um, backstory, as you all know, by now we have, we did lose our son in July of 2021 and we definitely experienced the stages of grief as they say. Um, but you know, as if you have grieved, you would know that it don't happen in stages. They are sporadic and all over the place and Mm -hmm. ever constant now. And so, um, to start, we're just going to say how we felt about anger before noble passed, because there is an anger, or at least I feel like there is a way that we went about anger before and after there is a before and after us oh yeah there's a there's an old mikey and randy and a current mikey and randy um we are forever changed by this but focusing just specifically on anger before um, yeah before the loss of my son what anger was mm-hmm. it was an emotion like some other emotions where you can choose to give it energy or choose to ignore it but with anger specifically um i had kind of been conditioned by myself and by others to just recognize that anger is something that you have to hide or suppress mm. um, the release of your angry emotions could lead to some stuff that you can't take back. And if you can't control yourself in that space, then you should control what you can control, which is getting to that point. Um, ultimately, I was only like really brought up to just express it in small doses or through sports as like an outlet. So my anger came out in the form of, you know, boxing, football, basketball specifically. I loved being the physical person. Mm-hmm. I played defense. I hit people. That was my thing. Mm-hmm. On basketball, I'm the big nigga. So boxing out, moving you, like blocks are like are a highlight to me. This is a different time naturally, but like everybody wants to score, everybody wants to like cross somebody. I want to slap your shit. Like I'm, I'm like the <laughs> aggressive person on the court. I am big on that, um, driving on people. So like that was like my way of like getting aggression out. But anger wasn't something that you explored, not for fear of it, but just in recognizing that's not a positive thing. So, you know, just kind of like letting it go. Right. Toxic positivity, which we talked about in a previous episode. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's my experience with just my anger emotions. You know, little black boy, anger gets you in trouble. Right. That's that's me. What about you? <laughs> well, for me, I always thought anger was bad, in quotes, and meant you weren't good or grateful. And I, I've been mm-hmm. really, before Noble, really bent on appearing good. Um, I always so appearing I, like you're not angry. Yeah, mm. um, I've always been really uncomfortable with my anger. Whenever I feel it, I always would would uh, push it down um, because I knew it wasn't digestible, and I have equated being liked with being safe, which I have, which is not a like my original quote. I actually discovered this from a book I'm reading that I will put in the show notes. 
uh, called Discovering the Inner Mother. But um, I realized that she mentioned that in the book and I realized that's exactly what I was doing. And so whenever I would feel anger, like all people do before Noble, I was really um, I was like, no, this will mess up my image. You know, Mm -hmm. I couldn't break up with my image and I knew that it wouldn't. And I knew that people wouldn't like me. They wouldn't be able to take no. it if I if they really saw my rage, like how I really move when I'm pissed. And um, as we have discovered on this podcast, you know, where you know my temper, you know, can't hide it forever, right? It has, it does come out, but that's where I, that's where I was before. That word digestible is a really good word. Yeah, um, I was I was constantly stuck in what will people think of me if they knew how angry I was and could get. Isn't it interesting though how we tie that into all other emotions too? Like the the focus of today is anger, but like that could also be said for when you want to express joy certain ways. Mm-hmm. You feel like it may not be digestible when you want to express pride in something that you're doing. It may not be digestible. Um, you want to just like celebrate your success. Maybe it's just because of, you know I grew up with black women. This <laughs> is what I'm like used to seeing. You just don't want to like because you feel like it may not be digestible. Whatever you put out there, mm-hmm. that's a good word. Yeah. All right. So thanks, babe. How? Uh... Well, now that we, you know, now so that that's we, what it was before. Right. Mm-hmm. So how does seeing each other's anger make us feel like now? I guess now, now that Noble is gone and we in we're in this space where we can't hide how angry we are. Uh, like we really can't. Like mm-hmm. it's completely recognizable. But so how does seeing each other's anger? So before Noble, I think there may have been two or three key moments I can remember recognizing anger in you mm-hmm. and they each made me feel different but they all kind of fall under the same umbrella one of the first times we've talked about this on the podcast was everything we were going through that situation in college and well we were about to break up yes mm-hmm. and i wanted you back and mm-hmm. i you know decided your <laughs> anger presented in a way that was just not okay with me because it was very identifiable i digested it how did it identify it presented as i'm through with you nigga like it's just it's a different energy (laughs) obviously there's some anger in there but like the step beyond that is indifference indifference a disconnect and that's not like some things once severed can't be repaired Mm -hmm. so i saw a small window climbed through the window and now we married with kids uh that presented one way and it made me behave in the way i'm going to tell you at the end Mm -hmm. the second one where i saw you that i can remember (laughs) as a representation of your anger was when we got in an argument when we were engaged and you threw the damn utensil separator thing in the kitchen. (laughs) Oh no. Don't throw things. It all made me respond in the same way but I recognized and I was like all right so this is what her anger looks like. Another time was when you were younger and I had to I came and picked you up from your grandparents house because your dad was acting up Mm -hmm. and I got you Brianki on Mm -hmm. and I took y'all home and that presented in a way where you were so angry that you couldn't you couldn't express how angry you were. You mm-hmm. were so angry that you like not withdrew, but you had to like take a moment to like gather yourself. Mm-hmm. And so I saw it as I was able to like identify these things as like mild, hot, super spicy. <laughs> it's mm-hmm. like how I, the, the way that I, I compartmentalize them. But each of them made me react in the exact same way. And so when I see you get angry, it makes me feel useful. And that's like weird, maybe odd to like say, but it makes me feel like, oh, this is great. We can do something. Mm -hmm. I can do something about this. I can service her. I can serve her in some way to help her process this anger or get through this anger or just sit with it. Whatever it is, I can do something now. Mm -hmm. It's not like, in my opinion, or in in my history, other other emotions that you may have shown or I may have shown where I don't even know what to do with these things. Mm -hmm. I know anger very, very well. And I can figure out some ways to like deal with it. Um, While I know how to express myself and work through it, when I'm angry, um, I don't really like sit with and explore those feelings. So when I notice that you're not in a space where you need to sit 
and explore, I can do something about it. Mm-hmm. Um, so the first situation, I had to like show up. We had to have a conversation. I know specifically what to do. Mm-hmm. I could pinpoint some things. And as you can see, I did it exactly right because right. we're here. The second situation, when I threw with the- you through the things, we still married. <laughs> I had to call your mama. There's an action there. A nigga had to go for a walk in the rain to the gas station to get some chocolate and really think about like life. I'm like, do I really want to do this with this thing? Um, <laughs> and I decided yes as I ate my crunch bar on the walk back down in the rain. And, you know, and we're fine. Uh-huh. And now we have a new one uh-huh. that I had to buy. Uh, and then in the last situation, I had to, like, sit and listen to you. This requires me to play more of a supportive role, like try to figure out how to, like, connect with someone in a space where they need to see past what happened to recognize that it ain't them and, like, identify some stuff. Like, how can I sit with someone in that? And then in doing that with you, I've gotten better with sitting in my own shit only through practice with you because this is not, like, something that I did in my own family or, like, before we got together. But... Yeah. So after Noble, how does my anger one present itself in your opinion? And what do you, how do you feel? How does it make you feel? It presents itself now after Noble. Your anger presents itself as like, I don't know how to put this like profound understanding. It's like something clicks in you and you recognize immediately why you're angry. And maybe you kind of start identifying some stuff and maybe you already figure out what you need to do in order to like process it. It looks different on you. There's no more like shutting down. I don't know what to do with this. Or this is overwhelming to the point where I can't like, I'm not thinking, I'm not acting, I'm not doing nothing. You just, it just looks like, like it hurts, but you have this energy or this, this attitude where it's like, all right, I'm going to figure out how I'm going to move forward when or I, what I'm going to do with this. When do you see me get angry at the noble? Cause I'm trying to understand what you're saying. I, I, I understand like, what you're saying, but I'm just trying to pull it out. I'm trying to get you, you to be specific. I don't know. When have I, the. When is a moment that you've seen me angry at the noble? Just one. I think a one moment. Probably when he was doing dealing with that. The, the one moment I can think of is we, you know, we lost somebody else during this time. A not friend. like death, yeah. Mm-hmm. And just handling that process. I don't know if that was more so your individual anger or if you were also just angry for me. But the way it, the way it looked was like, all right, let's just do something about it. Mm-hmm. That's what it looks like now. Okay. It's like you. It's like you think a couple of steps ahead is of, of how you want to move immediately. It's like you can just, you know, you, you get to that point where you, it just clicks for you. Is what it looks like now. It looks like I can handle it. Now. Yeah. It don't look like you beating yourself up about it or feeling like you're too small to like do whatever or handle whatever. It's like you just like, all right, it is, this is what it is. This right is now. what it is. And yeah, and I just move. Hmm. Thanks, babe. Yeah. For me, um, before Noble, before losing, before losing Noble, I would see your anger and it would it would make me come in. Like I, I remember being like mm-hmm. someone that that could um, hold you in your anger and like be able to talk you down. And I always felt really safe around you and your anger and in what situation specifically uh usually when you were like really frustrated with mom or your dad um, oh okay and i always um, wondered if you thought that i was angry during those times or if you thought something else no i thought you were angry and sad yeah sad you know like the Mm -hmm. the mix but like i try to always i used to try to just hide i know angry from you which is why i would come into you Mm -hmm. so that you could feel like you could be safe with me and be in your anger and then usually in those moments it's just kind of a release for me where i'm like all right well i don't even feel the anger no more this little girl got her weight on me she's just holding me i melt you were a little too nigga you but you were i was But you're tiny. You're still tiny. Um. Okay. But after Noble, it was actually, it, it switched. Mm-hmm. And it was mainly because of my own shame and guilt about losing Noble. Um. As you know, I completely blamed myself. Thought that I could have done more, should have done more. I was just so, I just, I didn't know what else I could have done, but I just was really down deep in 
the dark, as you know. Mm. And I really blame myself. And your anger made me uncomfortable. And it made me uncomfortable because it was radiating off of you. Like, I literally yeah. could see black. Like, it was radiating. I could see black. I can't explain it. I could see it. I understand. Uh, shaking off your body. And, and it, it made me uncomfortable because I blamed myself. And I found myself as the source of your anger. And I really wanted to be punished, which I told you. And I know you're shaking your head, but I'm going to say it. And content warning, trigger warning, um, I'm about to mention. But I, I remember one night we were just crying on the floor weeks after Noble had passed. And you just got really angry. I don't know what we were talking about, like what part of the labor story and things we were talking about. You got really, really angry. And... I remember seeing like the black waves coming off of you. And I just, I told you, I just wish you would hit me. <laughs> like, I was like, I just wish you would hit me. And you were like, what are you talking about? And I was like, and I, I had to tell you that that's what I had been thinking since Noble died. Like, I just wanted somebody, I'd already felt beaten up, but I just wanted to be, I just want somebody to beat me up. I just wanted to like, and I felt like you had like a right to, you know, because of what I did to our family. I was just like deep, deep in shame and guilt and grief no, Randy. i know and i like i told you it's like when you see those movies and those people are starting fights in bars yeah and they know they can't win but they're like real Do down and yeah just trying up. to get their ass mm. beat like i just i just felt i wanted to be like pummeled because i was like look like look at what you've done to this man look at what you've done to this family because of your denial, you know, like my denial about how bad the pregnancy was. Like I, I did all the things I was supposed to do. But like even in my dream, my dreams, like looking back, I can tell now that my dreams are trying to tell me this wasn't going to go. You know, it wasn't going to be exactly how you wanted it to be, you know, but I, I did not want to see it. And even when they were telling me to terminate or like it wouldn't last, I wouldn't believe it. I was like, no, like I'm getting him here and I'm gonna keep him here. And I just I, I really put I felt like I really put us through it. Bed rest was really hard. You were doing all the drop-offs, pickups for Drew. You were doing all the parenting, really, because I couldn't leave the bed. I couldn't pick her up. I couldn't do anything, you know, except sit there. I was just feeling, and I was like, we did all of that. We did all of that, and there was no baby. And so your anger really triggered a lot of that um, in me because, I, again, I thought I was the source. And I found it hard to be close to you um, because I, I didn't want to, keep um like activating it in you because mm. that's how i saw it but we talked you know yeah, but still but um, we're sharing with other people now so it is important to also highlight while you may know this everyone else may not during that period of time i had no anger towards you yeah. absolutely none today i still have absolutely no anger towards you for any of that i didn't look <laughs> at it as look at what she did to this family i looked at it as look at what she's done for this family how much she has given how much effort she has put in how much she has tried to really do everything that she can to bring her son here um, to build on our family. That that's it. That's where it, that's where it stopped for me. So there was never any, all my anger was not directed at you. Part of the issue is it was directed at somebody I couldn't hit God um, mm -hmm. and myself, uh, but no, not you. And so what were you angry at yourself for? Just because just for, for, for thinking I, I was going to have a son, I think for, for allowing myself to be happy, for being optimistic, for trying to do all the positive stuff, for all of it. Same, some of the same stuff that you expressed. I felt like 
I felt angry at myself for like, I did all that stuff to you. I just kept forcing, I was force feeding you water mm-hmm. for what seems like forever. I told you, I said that like in the previous episode, I feel like I was drowning you. Mm-hmm. I refilled that water bottle too many damn times. Like just like certain stuff, like forcing you to lay down because that was going to be the thing that, you know, like you need to move, move less. Um, and But then you have to stretch, you know, so let me massage you. Let me do like these things for you. Like taking power away from you in certain aspects of your life because we needed to do this in order for you to like incubate this baby. Mm-hmm. And then we didn't get the baby. Mm-hmm. Um, everything that i'm angry at all, at all of it like you you me put yourself in this position now where you are the only one looking after this child right now because she got to lay down because you're forcing her to lay down because we forcing ourselves like all of it like i just the same situations that you outlined in your head i have pivoted and found a way to blame myself for it and i, I accepted it at the time it's like what i took it on as at the time was this is what you have to do in order to like be a husband and a father in order to like get what it is that you want which is this child mm-hmm. so this is like the this is the um this is your challenge this is your burden to bear right now this is what you got to do because she's doing the absolute most that she has to do and like that's just what i accepted at the time but nah there was no there's no anger towards you um i also believe um you know we believe in in auras i believe that sometimes like when you see a person when you come across a person you can feel energy coming off of them sometimes you can even see it mm-hmm. i am a hundred percent aware of key times where i was vibrating black yeah it was it was absolutely coming off of me and and because when i was younger i've done these things before and i've seen it and felt it before most of those times i can hold it in or i know how to like to, all right so now i need to reel, reel it in before it starts to look a certain way or before i start to make people feel a certain way because i know that it can radiate off of me um, and affect others and what i never wanted was for you to feel like it was you causing it because mm-hmm. that's just not the case however naturally it would be triggered by maybe you being around or whatever if what we're talking about right now is noble mm-hmm. what we're talking about right now is how sad we are or the feelings that we're feeling because the main feeling that is always underlining that i have had more practice with anything else stuffing down is anger but i'm never gonna hit you like, i know that's, that's not really, like, i'm i will i'll break a porch table <laughs> and destroy some patio furniture that happened um <laughs> actually haven't thrown a single thing yet i'm so proud of you me on the other hand i'm shooting trees yeah uh <laughs> like it's just whatever i i have done everything but hit somebody yeah i know <sighs> all right well. okay all right, I'm sorry. so, <laughs> so what pivot uh so uh, yeah so, so seeing your <laughs> seeing my anger made you feel like you were to blame mm-hmm no, I know that's my that's we, we talked long and hard about it, but I thought it was important to bring it here because that is one of the things our family, friends, podcast listeners never got to see or don't get to see. It's like the anger, right? Live and in color. Um, but I think it's necessary to talk about it, especially as a married couple, um, which I didn't write as a question, but, but let's explore did I, how's this anger. Um, well, it is coming down in our marriage, but like how this this concept of like angry couples, right? Um, it's not really a question, but more just like whenever you see an angry couple, you know, you're assuming you know somebody's cheating, somebody's doing something wrong. But it's not until losing Noble that I realized this could be. It could also be grief, mm-hmm. loss of a child, miscarriage, stillbirth. Baby laws after the baby's born, toddler loss. Um, there are a lot of variables. That infertility. You may not be taking in. Yeah, like it's not just like the stereotypical Real Housewives, you know, loving hip hop, arguing, angry couple. It's you know this couple is like going through it for other reasons you can't like imagine. You know who always used to give me that energy growing up that I used to think of. We gonna, I'm gonna call them the Sims. Uh, the Sims were uh, the you know the light skinned married couple mm-hmm. that had four boys that went to the school that we went to. Yes, I'm gonna call them the Sims. Um, every time you saw them, they always looked mad at each other. 
but she was always pregnant. <laughs> oh, <laughs> always, no. Like had kids. And we used to make jokes. Like as as teenagers, we would make these jokes in, in middle school. Like they obviously fucking. Yeah. Like they, they have the angriest, best sex, obviously, like whatever they have to do. I think I later found out that they did, you know, miscarry at one point because the boys were so close together. She um, obviously had to deal with some postpartum stuff at some point, but Mm -hmm. maybe didn't really process it because the boys are like a year apart. Yeah. And age stuff like that. Like you just look at it differently from an adult's perspective. Yeah. Um, Also, I don't think I ever saw any any representation, you know, because I go back to TV and movies of like how a couple like a married couple who's trying to be healthy and happy deals with when someone is angry, like legitimately angry about something. Mm -hmm. Maybe it'll fade away and cut to another scene and they just like there's this montage. But what they don't tell you is that it lasts forever. Mm -hmm. There is no like montage where you wake up and it's like a sunny, clear sky. You just learn how to accept it they just move it. forward like you know which is so funny because it leads me into the second question or third question. <laughs> so what um have we learned or are learning when we explore our individual anger now that noble's gone and the anger is what it is what is what have you learned and are you learning what i've learned is maybe obvious once you go through the history of it and then you identify how it's making you feel presently which it's how you learn about anything <laughs> that you may neglect. But I've just learned that I have had an unhealthy relationship with this neglected emotion. Um, I thought that it had to only be handled one way or I'd lose my loved ones like you, Drew, myself, because I may do something crazy while I'm angry. Um, I think or thought that I had to be in a space where like, I'm controlling this in order for it to be okay. Mm-hmm. But just as we know with other things that we explore, if I want my child to be okay, I can't force things on my child or neglect parts of my child. Like in order for them to be a certain way, I have to actually just embrace who they are mm-hmm. and accept that. I don't embrace my anger. Yeah. I don't, I, I, I stuff it down. I control it. I put it in a box and I, I say, this is what it should look like. And this is how it should appear in order for it to be more digestible. Mm-hmm. Um, or because. There are other feelings that I want to pay more attention to. I only want to be happy or I only want to be joyful or introspective or whatever else I need to feel other than anger. Mm -hmm. But it is a core feeling. Mm -hmm. Um, We talked about the movie Inside Out. Inside Out. Anger is a core emotion that's there with jealousy and joy and sadness and all the rest of the niggas. And anger needs it's like it needs its time. Mm -hmm. Um, And ignoring it ain't helping you. But all I know, all I've been conditioned to do and recognize and hide and everything is you know just that's what you're supposed to do with your anger you 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 ball it up you, you do something with it until it comes out in some form of fashion that's gonna like hurt you yeah and i never wanted it to like hurt me so from time to time i'll release it i will i, I fought a lot when i was younger i'm just not there no more but now it's more so like what can i do to myself um with this anger that may mean like going to the gym it may mean i don't know something mm-hmm. but I think now and what I have that was what I've learned. But what I'm learning is that it don't have to be like this perfect way of like releasing. It also don't got to be like this super overly planned and processed thing because that's just another form of control. My anger is not this ugly thing. Mm -hmm. It can be something else. But I don't know. I don't know what it is because all I've known is what I've allowed it to be. Right. And while I'm never letting it just out the box so that I can like destroy everything around me and lose you or Drew or something because I snapped on somebody in public and beat somebody to death. Um, Uh I do want to like, yeah, you'd be trying to set me off. I do want to (laughs) learn more about myself, what triggers me in this way to like really dive into the depths of my anger so that I'm dealing with that and not just like pushing it off on like, oh, this is just your anger and you need to ignore it. Yeah. That's where I'm at with it. (laughs) Thanks, babe. 
There's no problem. What about uh, what about you? <laughs> um, what are you learning or have you learned since you've been exploring your anger after Noble? I am learning that I have a right to my anger and to the full range of my emotions. Um, hmm. I never really felt like it was my right ever uh, because it can't really be your right if you're moving for other people or what you think other people want from you. And so I never really took ownership over myself mm-hmm. and my feelings ever until after Noble, especially when I realized this is not going anywhere. <laughs> it is, it is, it is maddening. Um, and we'll talk about that in later episodes, but just off the triggers along the thing you don't triggers along the, the things you don't even realize are going to be triggers and are triggers. Like you have to, I realized I had to be angry and even now I do still, I do still struggle with it. I don't like, mm-hmm. you know, it's cause it's unfamiliar and, and, yeah. and you know, the body wants to be in familiar, you know, especially when you're already grieving and in this major life transition, you just want something that feels nostalgic yeah. and it feels nostalgic to not be angry or to not allow myself to be angry, but that's not working. Mm-hmm. And I'm actually, it's actually making me unwell to ignore and to and to um, not not recognize that my anger is necessary mm-hmm. because it's, we should be mad. This is ridiculous. It's ridiculous. And I think that it would be something would be really wrong if we was walking around here acting like we weren't angry. And oh, I think that people should be concerned about us severely. Really, if that was the case. Uh, but we are, and I really, it's my right. This is my right. Yeah. And so that's what that's what I have learned about my individual anger and my feelings. All right. So what are you unlearning about your anger? Ultimately, I am I'm learning that my anger is is not to be handled, but embraced. Um, I got a couple of analogies <laughs> for that. <laughs> but I thought of um, I recently finished uh, or rewatched uh, Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them. You know, the, the Harry Potter, mm-hmm. the, the second series, you know, the stories about Constance, the boy. Um, and they were trying to find like this this creature and this creature basically is like born of like hate and destruction and it destroys things. Mm-hmm. Um, and it manifests from someone ignoring their magical abilities. Right. So like the dude um, has magic powers, but he's raised by a woman who hates witches and mm-hmm. wizards. And so he had been beat forever and told that he's bad for caring about ma- or for, just for anything that he does. Um, and he's like growing to like hate himself for what he is. And when he finally starts to like embrace it, he realizes he's just really, really like powerful thing. Now, in this example, he's really destructive and like needed to like blow up, but <laughs> it doesn't have to get to that point if you start to embrace parts of yourself that you're not supposed to neglect. Mm-hmm. Like it's all part of like the whole, like you have to recognize all of it and embrace all of it to really get a clear picture of like who you are as a person. Mm-hmm. If I'm ignoring one fifth of my true, like of core feelings, a core part of who you are, anger is a part of it and how you let it out matters. Um, then I'm ignoring, you know, 20% of myself and that's not okay. I don't want to be moving out here 80%. And that's only if I'm moving at 100% and all the other feelings. And I'm not perfectly fine with expressing joy or sadness or working through envy or even happiness. Like, so no, if I did math, quick maths, I'm operating at 10% in all five. (laughs) That leaves me at 50 and that's F. Yeah. I also wrote like Wanda, Wanda Vision. You know, at at the end, it wasn't until she started realizing like what's really happening here that she was able to like set herself free. And realize like, oh, no, nah. like I'm that nigga. Let me go ahead and just like, I get it. This uh, this begins and ends with me. It's important that I know who I am in this situation. And so I have to take control. Um, and I would like to be control of all parts of me 
and really embrace all of it not just the just parts like, you like not the parts that I, that make me feel good mm. okay shadow work you know um for me, I am unlearning that anger isn't bad yeah. and it doesn't have to lead like it's also not like this dramatic thing. It doesn't have to lead to domestic violence mm-hmm. or anything like that. Like it doesn't have to lead to Throwing while, silverware. Like while we are completely <laughs> changed and different as a couple, which we will get into, um, it doesn't mean that you 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 will completely switch up or I will completely switch up. And there's a and it it's actually intimate. It's actually a way to like to bring us closer together. Um, and it actually like can turn out to make you more compassionate and tender. Not you, isn't you, but you know, in general, mm. can make a person more compassionate and tender. Especially like you've been saying, when you make space for no, this is ang- this is maddening. This is this is worth being angry over. Um. So yeah. So now that I don't think that now that I am learning or unlearning that anger isn't bad, it is easier for me, like you said, when I get angry to now. Now I can do something. I'm acknowledging that I'm angry. Now what? As opposed to, I'm acknowledging that I'm angry, but I hate being angry. No, I'm not angry. Smile, 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 smile. Why are you then, saying all that? You sound super angry. <laughs> and then, right. Then I'm cracking. Then I'm throwing things, you mm-hmm. know? <sighs> yeah. So, yeah. But steady screaming, I'm not angry. Right. <laughs> <laughs> right. So, final question. What's up? How has this anger brought on by our grief affected our marriage do you think i think this is a good question for a lot of reasons and i hope that like somebody who's married or in a relationship really takes away something from this because when you brought it up i was like this is a good question i feel like it's unlocked a new character skill set um Mm. like in the video game like once you reach a new level now you have the ability to do new shit Mm -hmm. you're exposed to new things like you are already walking around this map I, I, i analogy i was playing i'm playing spider man miles morales But you start off as like a simple Mm Spider-Man. I need to learn how to swing with webs. Mm -hmm. Once I have built up certain characteristics, I've gotten into my first fight. I've learned, oh, shit, there's this other things that I can do with webs. And Mm -hmm. there's these other ways that I can fight people. But it's not until you like expose yourself to some stuff that you get it. I remember there was a there was a moment where I was not okay. I was not at my best and I was losing control between the fight with my anger and sadness while we were grieving. And you came over to me and you like held me and you told me that um, you told me it was like it was difficult to like see. But if I don't show you those parts of me, if I'm constantly hiding it because I'm trying to be digestible or because I feel like I can't, then I'm not giving you a chance to be the partner that I need you to be. Because mm-hmm. it ain't always going to be digestible. <laughs> you might lose a baby. Mm-hmm. Um, stuff's not going to always be OK. You're not always going to be in control. I don't You never know what the fuck happened. But I feel like in in doing so and showing you that other part of me it allowed you to unlock a new skill set like okay so i see that there's more depths to where mikey could go mm-hmm. and it's important that i know that so that i know how to move accordingly and I, I will learn now or figure out some ways that i can like work on that and address that um so can you give me an example well it ain't, ain't, ain't happened again <laughs> so i can't <laughs> think of anything indirectly but you were at least able to after that conversation tell me like you know that was hard to see um when you feel like it's us being able it's affecting our marriage by us being able to tell each other more that is that what you're saying yeah i mean that's one step it, it, it at least opened up the ability for us to have a conversation about it mm-hmm. whereas you know you're not talking about a thing if you're constantly hiding it from the other person right oh so now yes so now we could we, it's even it's just started the conversation which allows for like oh, okay so what's happening here this is a moment where i'm suppressing my anger mm-hmm. um and you'll be able to like more easily identify like, oh, he's mad right now. Mm-hmm. Like he's actually like, it's not sadness. It's not something else wrapped in something else. Like this is how your anger presents. Mm-hmm. And so because you've seen it 
at a level. Now I know, okay, I can at least go to that level and like give all of us a chance to see what happens if we like, if I need to go further or like reel it back in and talk about stuff. But and like, how to better support you. Yeah. I get it. Yeah. Well, for me, it has shown me the ways I unintentionally police your feelings. Oh, no. Um, and mine. Mm. So as I learned to stop policing my anger, I can stop policing yours. Because I realized that day when you were really angry and it was radiating black and I was like, oh, I just wish you hit me. And you were like, I immediately saw you deflate and become unangry because you were now worried about me. Oh, and yeah. it's like, now you're like, are you scared of me? Do you Have you been thinking this for a long time? What's going on? You, you immediately went into husband fix it. Because um, I never want you to fear. Because yeah. you have this fear about me fearing you because you move in this world as a black man who is 6'2 and like, 200 something pounds people who fear black men do shit so you so i didn't want to be somebody you felt like you had to be small with and small around and i realized that though while it was important for me to express this to you Mm. that that this was my concern because of how i was feeling and how i thought i was the cause of your anger i mean how i was blaming myself i should say um it also showed me that like that is taking it's taking it's police like in a way it's, it's policing you i can't I can't say I want to see all of you and know all of you. And we like we're in alignment in our marriage with this about wanting to know like the depths of each other. But then when you start to show me, I back down or maybe I can. But then I can also check myself moving forward because I saw that now your anger has been cut short. And we have to process anger as people and as grieving, bereaved parents. You have to process it or it will show or it will show up in other ways and in other relationships, um, including possibly with Drew, you know, which we're very conscious of that Mm -hmm. we have a living child that we have to like try for. And and so I realized that like I while it while it was necessary that, you know, but it it was unintentional. It was an unintentional way that I was policing you. And again, I can only recognize that because I realized how I police myself. And so not policing myself helps me not police you. And like I said earlier, it actually helps me be more compassionate and brave um, to not police others. So now when Drew angry and frustrated, be like, you know, it's okay to be angry and frustrated. You know, it's not nothing to be mm-hmm. ashamed of. Matter of fact, um, let's talk about why. Right. And sometimes she'll just like repeat something and she's just <laughs> like, it. that's why, you know, because I said, because I'm angry. And sometimes it's just because I'm angry. Sometimes it's just that, you know, at least in toddler land. I think we're developing a really good. (laughs) Just like (laughs) Like period. There is no other reason outside of that is the emotion. Because you told me. Right. No. (laughs) (laughs) I don't want to say no. Anyway. But yeah, so that's what I realized. Um, And I don't want to do that. I want you Mm. to I want you I want you to have somewhere where you can feel brave and safe. And that is going to require me to get real about my anger so that you can be yours you, we, we all need some place that's an anchor and within us and as we always want it in our home mm-hmm. so where you don't have to worry about you don't have to feel like you out in the streets around white people or other black people and i don't have to feel like the same you know so that was beautiful <laughs> thanks babe <laughs> okay all right, you ain't been giving me no reasons to get mad or angry. I haven't like had any more things, but I it, I do know now that we've experienced that, that I do feel more comfortable being able to like possibly just let even just verbalize more how I'm feeling when I'm angry while I'm like processing it. I do feel more comfortable being able to do that with you around, and I feel more comfortable instead of just destroying it. stuff while you're gone. And, and then also, it up. we I mean, it also goes back to childhood. I'm not used to seeing angry adults be well 
usually adults, by the time they're angry, it's always violent. It's mm. always a fight. It's always cussing somebody out. It's always cops getting called. It's always every single time when I was a kid. It's always a family member having to step in. It's never done in this quality, like respectful, loving way. Like you can be, I'm learning through our marriage and through this grief and like this awful way, right? Like I wish that I had learned this lesson in other ways, but there's a way to be incredibly angry and not hurt each other. Who fucking knew? I didn't know, which is probably why when your anger started happening and I equated it to myself and immediately went to like violence um, because that's what I'm used to seeing. Yeah. And I'm used to seeing someone to suppress <laughs> all emotions, including anger specifically. So that's yeah. just me. Engage me, y'all. Girl. A few questions. A few questions. Mm -hmm. Do you feel safe to be angry? And how does anger affect your relationship? Are y'all talking about anger in your relationship? Have you explored this at all? Or ask someone how they feel when they see you angry? Or Or yourself. Yeah. Do you let yourself be angry? Let us know. Shoot us an email. At blackmailmarygmo.com. Or leave us a voicemail at 770-750-4098. Or hit us up on social media and let us know. Yeah. About your anger. It's okay. It's okay. Or it's not. And that's and it's okay to be and mad about it. And that's also okay. Yeah. When you bring your child home for the first time, you want a baby monitor you can trust. When you choose Stork, you choose technology trusted to monitor 10 million babies in hospitals every year. Stork continuously tracks your baby's pulse rate, oxygen saturation, and temperature. Visit MassimoStork.com to learn more. Stork, a revolutionary baby monitor, is born. Stork is not a medical device. Read and understand all product labeling. Massimo data on file. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, Visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. It's time for Randy and Mike's Fight or Flight. They've held it in all week, but you gon' hear it tonight. Don't really matter who is wrong or right, cause it's fight or flight. All right, sir. All right, fuck you won't. <laughs> okay. What's up, baby? I know. Well, first. Let me start off how you start off. I love you. I love me too. Paul. I love you too. Don't do that. Oh, um, whoa. whoa. You want to fight, fight? Are you angry? Yes. <laughs> I'm always angry. Um. So I know that you like love your shows and you have things you, we all get tired of like animated movies mm-hmm. and musicals and yes. blippy. <laughs> Yo. And blippy, blippy, blippy. No. In case blippy ever hears this show. I don't hate you, my guy. I hate what you represent. I do. I hate your lifestyle. <laughs> and I know you tired of talking in that high pitched voice. I know, I know you're know tired you of I know when that camera goes off, you take a smoke and you... I bet your voice probably, really probably like go crazy when the cameras for anyone who's wondering non-parents out there or parents Blippi is a YouTube, YouTube personality mm-hmm. and if Who your like child don't like, watch it don't play it yeah Save you have yourself. found it and is it's just it's a thing so I know that we're tired okay, okay? yes continue I know that we're tired but yes it is I can't stand it when you have Rick and Morty mm-hmm. Sons of Anarchy Sons of Anarchy uh-huh. How I Met Your Mother some okay. of these things you you like you'll do anyway. Okay. Um, any of your shows, these movies and things that mm-hmm. are completely inappropriate for our very observant, very repeat words back to you 
two-year-old. Yes. To be watching. Now you will eventually you will eventually <laughs> change it. But you let it sit and play for a long time. You let it sit and play longer than you should. Nah, I need examples. I'm taking it now, and I say, off. And I say, let's have her watch Eternals. No, no, there's a sex scene. Nigga, what? What are you talking about? When I said I want Drew to see Eternals. I, I, I don't yes, care you about did. You Eternals. said, Rennie, not Eternals. There's a sex scene in there. I want a sex scene. That's exactly what you said to me. That's exactly what? Okay. the scene That's between. Uh, I feel like I, was, I, I like, may have and Eternals. And then we had a whole super argument about. No, it was real. You said, not Eternals. I don't care. And then you let me start snowfall when you know how the show I starts. I know she was there with you. I ain't Mikey, know that I, 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 I know y'all look, but together. I was doing something over here Mikey, at the time. I ain't know. Continue. You know she wasn't down for a nap. I didn't you know, know she was home. I didn't know you that. Know she I thought was maybe she was me. on her tablet or something. Mikey, in the we couch. were sitting together. You sat next to me. Drew is standing right there. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I eventually came over while you was watching. I was like, oh, great. You're watching the episode. The first five minutes, somebody's snorting coke, cocaine, That's, it's not, something. It's in, it's in the first like seven or eight minutes. It's not the first five minutes. Either way, mm-hmm. you didn't tell me that that was how it starts. Well, it's in our snowfall. Paul. It, it's in the type. Continue. This is what I'm talking about. <laughs> Inappropriate. They even wonder why your daughter be be her. Her. (laughs) She be repeating stuff people say. Let's reel it in. What do you mean reel it in? I'm listening to you. That's what I'm I'm listening to you. This is what I'm saying. You let things that she shouldn't be watching play too long. You Mm -hmm. do eventually turn it, but it be all after the fact. Mm -hmm. You be acting like you just it's it's just above you. Like, oh my God, I can't believe I have to change my favorite show because (laughs) I am a father. Then you give me such a hard time. And I'm like, sir, what are you doing? Okay. And then you don't let her watch nothing she want to watch. It got to be something that I'm trying to watch. While we Mike, that is not how I've gotten better. Works. I know that that's how it was in the early days for sure. Paul, for sure. You just told her the other day, we ain't watching Blippi. We going to watch something no, I want to watch. not watching Blippi. In her room. You told her that. No. Yeah, so you were folding up clothes. Oh, yeah. When, what, you were out here working? No, during- I walked in there. I don't, it was it, it was before my interview. It was one, yeah, you mm-hmm. were you were doing the interview, and I was like, I'm not about to sit in here for the next hour and a half watching. Blue. It wasn't happening. I was like, What we can do is we can put on a Disney movie. And we can <laughs> Either way, it's the collective argument. So what do you Got have you. to say? So what do I have to say? All right, as far as shows she shouldn't be watching when she pull up, I recognize, and it, it do take me a minute because I'd be like, Wait, is this still an acceptable episode no, of Rick and Morty that she not. can watch Nothing. or that can play until I stop it? And there's no part of Sons of Anarchy that's acceptable. It's not. So that's why I cut it off when I pull her over to me and she's like sitting with my office space and she's eating next to me or whatever the case may be and i'll try to put something on i'm, I'm getting better with doing that faster because you're right i do be leaving some stuff on just a little bit too long i'm like oh shit drew's right here i was just really and you into know it she can't really understand moment. what's happening she don't and then she don't My, be paying attention at certain times and then but she but, do but she, she do she do and she about to like really so i do understand and i want to be a responsible parent do you i remember seeing stuff when i was younger that i probably shouldn't that have i probably attention. should that's how i got into horror watching Freaking and our daughter's already Chucky there because you're into she, her. She's already, she's already there. She don't even care. She does love um, Halloween. And so <laughs> I will work on, not work on, I can turn shit off before like she enters like space. That's just not, that. I will I will get better with that. And you got to let me know if I'm leaving some stuff on too long because I, I, there, sometimes there's just a disconnect. Sometimes there's just clearly, a disconnect. And clearly. I just, I'm like, like, I remember this episode of Southern Arc. And, and I know. And I'd be like, I'm like you, oh shit. But oh. you remember the first episode of Snowfall. You could have been like, hey, Rand, maybe let's wait for I actually time. forgot that that's a scene that soon, but the first episode, the first three episodes, this is a lot of Mess. sex drugs specifically. It just, it's really, really rough. <laughs> so I apologize. Mm-hmm. Um, one for not remembering <laughs> the beginning of Snowfall to tell you and recognizing that, like, oh, my daughter's here and you're starting the show. Maybe you shouldn't do that. Um, but that is something to watch on your own, mm-hmm. not with a child, just Clearly. as I did. And I will do better with, with turning it off. 
as far as watching Blippy <laughs> when at, on request every time, that's uh, that's not happening. Um, I'm sorry. Uh, there are times where yeah, she will watch it on her own and it's cool. But if, if she's been watching it all day and now she want me to watch it too, I'm good. I'm good. And we will watch an old Disney movie instead, and we will play together because <laughs> what I can't do. No, Blippy's tough. It's his introduction voice anymore. And there's other great Hi content guys. out there. No, 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 no. <laughs> um, so I will work on that. Okay. I will work on it. I'll be a better father. <laughs> okay. Okay. You're a great father, Mike. Better than my dad. Okay. And <laughs> PDA. You're first. <sighs> All right. Um, do you remember what my last PDA was? Uh, how I have been growing and doing okay, the yeah, hard yeah, no, work. This ain't this ain't that. <laughs> I think I think maybe and maybe this could be attributed to us losing Noble, but your um your emotional compass has gotten like tighter. I think that you've gotten to a point where you have decided to choose how you respond more carefully, and I think it's kind of like beautiful. What in certain areas with how you do it? For instance, for instance, yesterday. Yesterday was your first day going live on Instagram. <laughs> and I love you. I love you so much. So I got I got to put this out there. So Randy um, went live for Wordy Productions for the first time. And she just wanted to, you know, just to, to start, you know, with engaging and, and building on that and just talking about stuff and just giving updates, you know, what people normally do on live. Mm-hmm. How many people showed up for the Three people, including you. Yes. And I'm always showing up because I love you, right? <laughs> and I'm showing up, but I'm also like at work and I'm like telling my students, like I'm having a bad connection with my internet. But it's really just that I needed to turn my Zoom camera off so that I could be present <laughs> for the um, the live. But I just I, I know that I have seen situations like these go down a million different ways where someone is just looking for reasons to quit something. And in that moment, you could have responded distraught and just been so like just mad, hated everything, thought the worst of yourself, like all of that. Instead, you were just like. All right, I got room to grow from this. Like I'm gonna <laughs> next time it'll be four people or like whatever. Like this, the, the purpose is to like keep going through with whatever your purpose was and what you set out to do. And I I love that you I love how you're choosing to pivot in certain areas. This doesn't mean that you're not acknowledging that you may have been disappointed by mm-hmm. whatever, but it's just it's how you're choosing to move forward that I think is really like adorable. I thought it was cute. And we still talked about your live and I did still want to leave comments, except I hate that you had asked a question right before I had to like disconnect to jump back yes. to like work or whatever. But no, I'm just, I like how you, I like how you move. And it's not just with like good things either. There was a situation at Drew's daycare not too long ago where somebody had like was holding her. With, Brought like, her with, out to me in the her out way. And, like, like had her arm in a way that didn't, that you was not with. You could have reacted one of three ways. One, you could have ignored it, move forward. Two, you could have swung on a teacher. And three was the way that you handled it. And you you decided to address it with how you were really feeling and not let nothing like sit. Um, or like in a way that was like healthy for you to where it was going to work out in the favor of your child. Now, this person has a very healthy fear of you and they never bring out Drew <laughs> anyway, other than respectfully, um, sometimes carrying her so that she don't scuff her shoes. Like that's the space that we in. But you created that environment. So no, I'm just, I like how you're like, growing. I'm going to move this way. And then you move that way. Why not? Because why not? That's how, that's how angry I am. I'm just, but overall, <laughs> I'm proud of you for how, for handling the that how you handled it um, and Thanks, recognizing babe. that like room to grow is good. Yeah, can't okay, only way up, only way to go is up. Yeah, man. Thank you, Mike. You're welcome. That's so funny because my PDA is the fact that you came onto <laughs> my live, y'all. He came onto my live and 
I was like, oh, Mikey's here. Yay, three people. And but then he leaves and he I hear him tell his students, oh, yeah, sorry, my Internet went out. So I'm like, oh, the connection's bad. But then I'm like, wait, <laughs> he's lying so that he can show up on my Instagram live because then he comes back and he's like, hey, when I have your babies, you look real cute. And he's like commenting and it's like funny and it's nice. He's you know, the only one. That's- I'm doing the live comments. Yeah. And, you know, you got to keep tapping on the heart so that the hearts pop up on right. the right side. And so making it seem like I got people. And then he hops back. Up, oh, OK, OK, finally got my screen together. OK, y'all. And I'm like, he is over here risking his job <laughs> to be on Instagram live for anyone for listening from my job this was during a lunch break um, I was <laughs> this was an impromptu meeting this was not scheduled during regular hours yes Thank it you. was yes yes to be fair that is true but still it is true I really appreciate you doing that Mike you're very kind and funny and thank you for being the third person to show up in my life and the only one to talk to me <laughs> because <laughs> I so I really love you and I appreciate it and Thank you so much. I love you too. Support is a verb. Yeah. I will show up for you whenever I can, however I can. Is you my baby. Thank you. The Black Millennial Marriage Podcast is hosted and co-produced by Mikey and Randy Chapman. All episodes of the Black Millennial Marriage Podcast are edited by Randy Chapman at Wordy Productions, a podcast management company. The podcast management production company, that is correct. Uh, <laughs> we are now and still available on Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcast, and all of your favorite streaming services. Rate us. Five stars. Five stars, y'all. We could use it. Every season. You know, just This is a new season. Even if you left one before, go ahead and leave a couple update more. Update it. Update it. You know, just let people know how you're feeling about it. The Black Millennial Marriage Podcast Fight or Flight Jingle was created by Ebony Janae at Janae's Jingles. Details in our show notes. That's the homie. <laughs> to support our podcast, consider joining us on Patreon at patreon.com slash Marriage. There you'll get unedited episodes, edited and ad-free episodes. You would have heard this months ago. Um, Zoom meetings with us and more and be sure to check out our website www.blackmillennialmarriage.com follow us on social media platforms on instagram we are black millennial marriage on facebook we are black millennial marriage podcast and on twitter we are at underscore the chapman though we're really on instagram and facebook we're really on instagram (laughs) thank you again for listening y'all be blessed don't settle fight clean peace when you get when you get, 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 get One, two, three, let me step into the moon Am I the one you see when you get up in the moon? I don't know what... At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success.